of worship. We're going to dive here into the Word in a second. Um, but if you are visiting here, if this is your first time being here, last week we kicked off a sermon series, a brand new sermon series called Pure Gold. Um, if you were not here last week, I encourage you to listen uh, to this message, to this series. Um, this was a series that was really birthed in my heart when um, I said it last week. I was laid up for a little while. I had some surgery. And so I was there just uh, had nothing else to do except seek God. Uh, it was a joke. It was a lot funnier in my head than the way it came out. Um, but besides, like, me trying to rest and recover, um, I was really seeking after God for this house, for you, praying for families, praying for individuals. And I, I, I did one of these kind of in my Bible one day. I just said, God, I need a word. Have you ever just done this? Don't act like you're holier. You have your reading plan for the year all the way out. Like, I just did that, right? And uh, it would opened up to Proverbs 1. And I began to read Proverbs. I read a Proverbs every day. There's 31 Proverbs, so based off of the day that it is and the month, I just read it. I try to get it in my spirit. Uh, I encourage you to do that. And I opened up Proverbs 1, and I read it, and we read it last week. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And the Lord just spoke to me. He said, in this day and age, especially in this city and in this church and in the people of God here in this place, we need to be filled with the wisdom of of heaven. We need to be filled. Let me say it again because you'll wake up with me. You and I need more than ever before to be filled with the wisdom of heaven. And everybody says, amen. There we go. The wisdom of heaven. There's a lot of things being thrown at us. There's a lot of information coming at us. There's a lot of stuff. We are in the the fastest pace uh, time of, of ever in the history of this world. We have everything at our fingertips, and more than ever before, we are lacking in wisdom and discernment. But it all begins with what I talked about last week, which is the fear of the Lord, a reverent fear of God, a reverent fear of knowing who God is, how much He loves you, how much He he cares for you, that He would send His one and only Son, Jesus, to die for you while we were still sinners, and that He would raise to life three days later, overcome the grave. I'm going to preach this morning. Overcome the grave so that you and so that I and the Lord of Lords, His name is Jesus. That's who we need to seek after. That's the fear of the Lord. And awe. In awe, we've lost the awe of Jesus. We've wandered instead of wondering. We, 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 we just don't wonder anymore at the, the beauty and the grace of Jesus Christ. I don't know how. How you can be in the presence of God and it can't floor your spirit. Because if you really know that he died for your life while you were a sinner. I'm going to give the gospel message before I jump into this message. It should awaken you. Welcome to Oasis Church Chicago. We have a lot of fun here. We love you all. Bless you. But honestly, people, it should stir you. It should make you jump up and down. It should lift your hands to heaven. I don't care what's going on in your world, but I know who's holding your world, and his name is Jesus Christ. He has gone before you. He is behind you. He is next to you. The fear of the Lord is a good thing, and we're fearing him more than, we're not fearing him, we're fearing the world more than we're fearing him. We're afraid of people not Approving of us. We're afraid of our friends to to just stop calling us. Guess what? They're not your friends. They're not. Because your friends, your real friends, regardless of what you believe, regardless of what you're going through, they're going to be like, we're with you. 
All right, anyways. Fear the Lord. It all starts that way. It all starts that way. Pure gold. So we're going to continue this week in this message entitled Pure Gold, the power of the tongue. I said we're going to cover topics found in Proverbs, and I believe this one is one that I'm going to preach three times a year. Can I say this to to people that, that my, myself, that have grown up in the church, that have known Jesus for a long time, have heard the good news of Jesus all our lives. What happens in churches, what happens just in general is the words that we speak, what we say, what comes out of here destroys people, hurts people, destroys churches, destroys the work of God. Our tongues are powerful. And this message has to constantly get into our spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to seal this message so that we can be people that are speaking life. Amen? And so I want to just give you a little picture of, of gold because Proverbs talks about that, 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 that wisdom is like gold. You know that gold is one of the most, I said it last week, just a quick recap, but gold is one of the most shapeable, moldable metals out there. It's the, the thing that backs our currency, right? Isn't that crazy? It backs our currency. If it does anymore, I have no idea. I feel like we're just printing money on and on and on. But it, it's, that, it's that thing, <laughs> it's that thing that, that it's expensive, it's valuable, it's, it's also very shapeable and moldable. Think about that. The most powerful in terms of like the financial side, it's moldable. I ask the question, what is molding you? What are you allowing to mold you? The other thing is this, in its natural state, gold's not really that cool looking. It's covered with a bunch of other metals. It's, it's surrounded by silver. It's not that appealing. But they have to go through that stuff to get to the gold. If we're going to walk in wisdom and discernment, we have to get through the junk and get to the gold. you got to take time to start just, yeah, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. That's it. This is how the kingdom of God works. you got to get rid of some stuff in, the life, in your life so that you can get to the good stuff. You want good stuff in your life? You want the promises of yes and amen in your life? My hand's up. So sometimes we got to get through the muddiness. Once again, it's found in caves, oftentimes. Gold, found in caves. And what they say is they have to actually blow up the cave to get the gold. They blow up a cave to get the gold. I am praying, my prayer has been that the Holy Spirit would blow up the things inside of us that don't belong, that need to be changed, that need to be renewed, blow up our mindsets, the, the religious spirits that we've had, the things that we thought are wisdom that aren't wisdom at all. Holy Spirit, just blow it up. And finally, it's burned at a very high temperature, over 1,000 degrees. And what happens is when the gold is dropped in this furnace, the gold... The good stuff stays in the bottom of the furnace. The stuff that's just yuck, it rises to the surface. See, don't get out of the furnace too quick. Don't get out of the fire too quick. Stay in the fire. Stay in the fight and watch God's goodness and his grace come alive in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. Gold is found when you go through the fight. Gold is find, found when you go through the furnace. Gold is found when you stay and you wait and you don't get out too Amen? I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, hopefully. But Matthew's 12, Matthew's, it's a new book of the Bible. I don't know if you heard about it. It's his brother. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. It's going to be up on the screen. The power of the tongue today. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. 
You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the, everyone say, heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, remember Jesus is speaking, this is New Testament, he's talking. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every, everyone say every, every, not some, not maybe, a couple, every, reverent fear right there, Whew. every, I'm not afraid, but every, <laughs> I need to go to my prayer closet, I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will give account for every careless word they speak, for by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Jesus, I pray that the words that come out today, God, they will be from heaven and heaven alone, that you will just wrap this in truth, God, that you will show us, God, the power of our tongue, that we will be people that speak life, speak hope, speak truth, God, that what we speak will be pleasing to heaven, oh God. God, make us more like you, we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. The power of the tongue. Have you ever said something you wish you could get back in that moment? Yes, me, my hand is up often. This is an art. This is something we learn over time. How we speak and how we say things matter. Men in the room, if you are married, you know what I'm about to talk about. And you're all going to come with me and we're all going to have a prayer time after this service back there in the corner. Right? I learned very quickly. I was given a lot of advice from my father and other godly men about how I speak and how I say things and all that good stuff. Right? It matters. But I remember, and I still to this day, it happens. I love her to death. My wife is amazing. She's beautiful. Hello, you want to go on a date? Let's go. Um, I love her. But, you know, it's so funny. Men, right, when, when your wives come in and they have something new on, something new, a new outfit, or they just got ready to go, and they say these words, how do I look? How do I look? Okay, men and young men that aren't married, advice. This is a win-win. Nope. This is a lose-lose situation for all of us men. This is a lose-lose. How do I look? If I say good, she's going to say, you don't mean that. And if I say, well, you look like you should change. If I say anything else, I am on the couch. I am sleeping for days out there. No, babe, I think you should change your shoes. You don't like this? What well, you asked. You asked for my opinion on this. Men, are you with me? Do you understand this? This is a lose-lose situation for us all the time. Ladies, just stop asking. Call your girlfriends. Just FaceTime your girlfriend and say, does this look good? No, I affirm her. She looks great all the time. But this is never a good thing. But do you know something? That if I honestly would just stop for a moment when she asked me that question, and I would realize how I say something, if I actually was like, you know what, Rach, you look really good, like really good. Like I like what you have on. She wouldn't be like, you don't mean that. If I just said good, she'd be like, you don't mean that. If I say, no, you look really good, and the heart posture is that I actually mean it, how many of you know we're going to have a better date than not saying that? <laughs> There's power in our words, right? The way we speak and what we say matters. It's, it's the truth. God cares about words. He cares about how we say the words. He cares about what we say. God didn't build the earth by his hand. You know this? He spoke creation into existence. He spoke it. So if God is going to speak 
creation. If God is going to speak it into to existence, do you, do you think that he cares about words? He could have said something else. He could have said something crazy, but he spoke this into existence. He cares about words and how we say it. The difference between fool's gold and pure gold is that we have to understand that we cannot talk the way that the world talks. We cannot speak the way that the world speaks. We have to speak with wisdom and discernment from heaven. That is where the pure gold is found. That no longer are we going to speak and to, to, to speak in the way that the world speaks. We have to come to a resolve and a heart's resolve that, hey, you know what? I want to speak the way that heaven speaks. I want to talk to people the way that Jesus would talk. Have you ever thought about the way that Jesus would talk to the people that you talk to? Especially the people you don't like? Come on, don't judge me. It should be at the forefront of our mind that if Jesus was standing right next to me, because guess what? He is. If he was, how would I speak? Would I speak life or would I speak death? I want to make sure as a church that we are always, constantly, forever and ever speaking life as a church. Not just to other people, but also to ourselves. Can I be honest for a second? I just need to say this. Some of you have condemned yourselves for far too long. You've spoken things over your own life that Jesus has nothing to do with. You've told your things that, that it's, it's a complete lie. Today, we've got to come to the understanding that we cannot live, we cannot speak, we cannot act this way. Are you with me this morning? Words are free. You know that. Words are free, but it's how you use them that may cost you. They're free, but how you use them may cost you. You know, you can speak one thing in one minute to somebody, and it could take them 10 years to overcome it. Hello, let me say that again. One minute of one thing could be said to somebody, and it takes them 10 years to overcome what you say. People have said stuff to me at a young age, and at times I still remember it. So if you don't think words have power, just think about something that was said to you at a young age that you still remember today. I don't remember what I did last night. But I remember what was said to me 10 years ago. The words that come out of our mouth have power, right? We're going to discover a lot of scripture today. I'm going to get through a handful of these things, but I need to get us through this here. The first thing is this, when it comes to the power of the word. The words we speak either bring life or death. Proverbs 13.3 says this, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens his lips comes to ruins. Proverbs 18.21, I think they're going to be up on the screen, Josiah 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, who love it will eat its fruit. I was never really a writer. I was never really a reader. I didn't like reading books. I just wasn't that kind of guy. I didn't like writing either. But, you know, I, I read something not too long ago, and it was fascinating to me when it comes to the power of what we speak. Do you know that in a week, in a week, we speak enough words that would fill a 500-page book? Think about that. 500-page book. That's a, that's a big book, right? I'm never reading a 500-page book. <laughs> 250, it's a stretch for me. 500? You mean to tell me, JP, that what I say is going to fill a book every single week with 500 pages. Yes. The studies have been found that, well, well I'm an introvert. Okay, then count it 400 pages. I, you know? 
studies have shown that we speak 500 words in a week, or 500 pages of words in a week, right? And it's fascinating to me that I read these scriptures and I see, man, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. And the question that I beg today, the question that I ask today is what type of book are you writing? What type of book are you writing every single week? Are you writing a horror story? Are you writing a drama story? Hello. Are you writing a, a gossip book? Are you writing a scary book? Or are you writing a book that's filled with life, filled with hope? Are you writing a book that if somebody else read it, look at me, if somebody else read your book, what would they feel like? If they read your book, would they feel like, man, my spirit is lifted today. Man, I feel good about myself today. Man, I love what I'm reading today. What is your book being filled about yourself today? Are you telling yourself that you are what other people said about you? Are you telling yourself what, what you heard when you were a little one? Are you telling yourself that you are a son and a daughter of the king? That you are created by the, 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 the one that created the heavens and the earth? Are you, are you saying that you were bought with a price? What are you saying about yourself? What kind of book are you writing? You know, something's crazy about language. Language determines our reality, our thoughts, the way we view the world view our, and view ourselves. I was talking to um, my, my cousin on Friday. He's a psychology buff. He knows a lot about psychology. Alex, he's, he's brilliant. It's awesome. I get annoyed with it, but whatever. Um, but we were talking. I said, hey, Alex, um, tell me some things about psychology that I don't know. Tell me some studies that you've studied about the power of words. And he talked about this one, this Loftus and Palmer study. He shared it with me. And I was fascinated by it. That, that, that one word can change the trajectory of everything. One word. So they did a study with a room full of people, and they talked about a car crash, right? And every single person that they shared the car crash story to, they used a different word because based off of the word that they used in the study, the person would give a different reaction to it. Now think about this. They, they use words such as the car hit this person, the car smashed this person, the car crashed, the car bumped. Every single one of those sentences is in itself the same thing, right? But it's not. Brings a whole different perception in our minds. Smashed? Ooh, that, that's going to hurt. Bumped? Oh, you know, bump's not that bad. Think about that there for a moment. Just one word can change your entire perception of everything. There's power in our words. They bring life or they bring death. Just one word can change everything. Everything. Everything? Everything. You could say one word in a day, and you could have a whole lifetime of fixing it. I want us as a church to say words day in and day out that are going to bring hope, going to bring life. I would rather us just seal our lips than say not anything at all. Right? Sometimes I'm like, yo, <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> Can't do it right now. I want to say Trust me, I'm the pastor, I, but there's times I'm like, yo, I'm ready to say, um, <laughs> bless you, Jesus loves you. That's the church way of saying you can leave, please. <laughs> Don't act like you, you all grew up in the church. God bless you, we love you. Does this make sense? There's times we just got to go, <clears throat> not now, not needed, because the power of our words bring life or Death. The second thing is this, the words we speak 
can, de- can determine the outcome of our situation. See, the words you speak will determine the outcome of your situations. Proverbs 15.1 says this. This is a scripture that has been constantly at the forefront of my mind. A friend shared this scripture with me like two years after I was saved, and it was sealed in my heart. This scripture, whew, am I best at it? Far from it. But this is one that I think, I hope, and I pray that you walk out of here remembering. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer can determine how your situations and circumstances are going to go. Or a harsh word that's going to stir up anger will determine and dictate how your situation is going to go. A New Testament example of this, right? Not just what Jesus said, but a New Testament example is we are called to be peacemakers. Anybody remember that? Yeah, two of us. We know that we're called to be peacemakers. <laughs> I need to preach a message on peacemaking. We are called to be people that are peacemakers. How do we create peace here on this earth? By what we say. Not just by what we do, but by what we say. We have the, the, the opportunity to either stir up anger, stir up dissension, stir up things that are not of the kingdom of God, or we have the ability to silence hate. Silence arrogance. Silence pride. Silence dissension. We have the ability in the way that we respond out of our mouth to either determine that our situations are going to be good or determine that our situations are going to be bad. But in 2 Corinthians 5.18, the Apostle Paul calls us to be people that are people of reconciliation. You know what our ministry is? To be people of reconciliation. What does that mean, J.P.? That means that our job and our responsibility here in this city is to reconcile people, is to reconcile relationships with each other, to reconcile people when, when hate and when, when just jealousy and discord would rise up. Our, our call is to say, no, we're people of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to the Father through the cross of Jesus Christ. It is now my ministry to reconcile people back to the heart of the Father. You know how that happens? Our words. Our words, when people can't see the kingdom of God, can I say this? When people can't see the kingdom of God, it's our job to put it in front of them. Thank you, because that's a good word. I'll preach to myself. When, when they can't see the goodness and the grace that you've received, it's our job to put it in front of them. How do we put it in front of them? We speak it to them. We show that to them. Well, they curse me out. My boss, you don't know him. He curses me out all the time. Guess what? Shower him with blessings. Curse all you want. I still love you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to go pray for you right now in my cubicle. (laughs) What? They'll look at you like you got two heads. Instead of being like, yo, yeah. (laughs) Guys, I'm an intense person. I know that, right? I know it. This This is something that I've really, and I'm still, and I will continually be, Somebody that has to learn this. I had a really quick fuse. Really fast. You said one thing to me, it's on. I will, it's on. And I learned, if I'm called to be a person of reconciliation, I can't act that way. Well, that's just my attitude. No, it's not. That's a lie. Jesus can change your attitudes. He can change your personalities. So we are called to be people that are going to be people of reconciliation, people of life-giving. And when the people can't see the kingdom of God, our job is to put it in front of you. How you speak is how people will see the kingdom of God. Hello. 
If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, how you speak, how you get to on your keyboard and you become a keyboard killer. I like to call him that. You're just like, oh, I'm going to hit him, jab him, boom. Right? Cut it out. Can we just stop? Social media, it's a joke. Stop telling people off on the internet and start going to love people on the streets. Yo, like, just cut it out. Trust me, there's plenty of times I, like, scroll through the feed, and I'm like, oh, I want to say something so bad. I want to defend this person. I want to stick up for these people. I want to do this. Guess what? I'll just do it in my life. I'll do it in the days that I walk. Every single day. Because the way that I speak will determine the situations and the circumstances in my life. Third thing is this, we're rolling. Does this make sense? Is this encouraging you? This is so, guys, this is so crucial. This is so crucial. If we're going to live as people of pure gold, of wisdom and discernment, and we're going to li- live in reverent fear of the Lord, we need to be careful of what comes out of here. The third thing is this, the words we speak reveal the things that are inside of us. Today we're going to pray for this, that what's inside of us would be pure. Because what's inside of us will always come out of us. Proverbs 15.4 says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perseverance in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15.7 says this. I'm just giving you scriptures. You can write these down. I encourage you to. Read them later. They're, it's found all throughout Proverbs. It's found all throughout scripture about the tongue. Proverbs 15.7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge and not so the hearts of the fool. Proverbs 16.28. A dishonest man spreads strife. And a whisper separates close friends. Oh, man, this is the, this, this is the product of the church. We're not gossiping. We're just talking. No, you're gossiping. You're gossiping. (laughs) And guess what it's going to do? It's going to divide people. So instead of gossiping about people, go pray for people. Instead of gossiping about people, go go do something for people. Right? Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Noah. Everybody know Noah? Built a large boat. It was awesome. It was a yacht. Built a boat, right? After that, though, there's a powerful story about his sons. There's a powerful story in the Bible in Genesis 9, Noah. And it's a story that Noah, unfortunately, he falls to something of this world. He becomes drunk, and and he's lying in his tent, right? And, And we all know this. We all know this, that drunkenness never leads to anything good. So he's drunk, and he's lying in his tent naked, right? This is no longer the Garden of Eden, if you know what I mean. Like, that's not acceptable, Noah. Like, it's not right. And he, I just can sense, I just feel at times, and a lot of people say, that you just oh, see that Noah's kind of just, he's guilty. He's shame-ridden. He's laying there. And there's a profound story that happens in the, the, the son, the, the, the youngest son walks into the tent, sees his father lying there in shame and in guilt and in sin, And he walks out, and he goes to his other two brothers, and he almost brags about it. Hey, can you believe dad's in there? This is how he looks. He looks like a jokester. He looks like a fool. Can you believe it, right? And the older brothers, right, they walk in with their backs to him. They don't want to look at him. And they have a covering, and they cover him. And they cover over their father. Because they said, you know what? Yo, you brother, you did this wrong way. You didn't cover this man when he was hurt. You kicked this man when he was hurt. Our words will either cover people or they will kick people when they're down. 
And they said, no, we're going to cover this man because this man is a man of God. He's led us through so much. He's done so much. He's taken us. He saved our lives. Why would you, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because what was inside of that son wasn't the kingdom of God. It was for his way to lift himself up, to, 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 to quote, unquote, put himself a little bit higher, to just get another notch on people. Well, I'm better than him. Look at me. I'm not doing what my dad's doing. Instead of saying, no, we're no better than each other. We're never going to be better than somebody else. So if someone's down, if someone's hurting, I'm going to cover their offense by the words that I speak over them. I'm going to cover them. I'm going to wash over them. You know what Jesus does for us in the throne room of heaven? To the Father, he covers us. He says, hey, that's my son, that's my daughter. That's my son and that's my daughter. Yeah, they stumbled and fall, but guess what? The grace of God is going to pick them up. Come on, son and daughter, let's keep walking. He doesn't go to his father, hey, just let them have it. Do you see God this way? I don't. Jesus doesn't operate this way. He doesn't. So the words that we speak will reveal always what is inside of us. I read it earlier, but Luke also talks about a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speak what the heart is full of. What's in your heart today? I could end it there. What's in your heart? You want to walk over people? You want to condemn people? Can I be honest with you? Sarcasm, it's a joke. Tearing people apart so that you can make yourself feel better about you, it's called insecurity. I'm sorry. You know why I'm saying this? Because I'm believing Jesus is going to seal this today. It's done today. See, when you have to talk about somebody else to make yourself feel better, it's called insecurity. You don't know how much Jesus loves you and how much he died for you. See, we don't use words to tear each other down. We use words to build each other up. We do that. I always want to be a person that people will stand on my shoulders. Stand on them. Do you want to be that person? Do you want to be that person in the city? You know how many people need that right now? Maybe I'm just talking to me. The fourth thing is this. Words we speak can elevate us. The words we speak, and then I'm going to close here with two more points. The words we speak can elevate us. Just real quick, Proverbs 21, 23, whoever keeps his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. There you go. That's a practical daily thing in your job, in your workplace, in your school, in your home, in your marriage, in your relationships. You want me to read that again? I will. Whoever keeps his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Whoever watches his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Guess what? When you watch your tongue, you can get elevated into places you never thought. If you don't watch your tongue, you're going to not get elevated. Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Wow. <laughs> you mean to tell me I don't have to have a good IQ? I just need to be, watch what I say? I'll be intelligent? I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Anybody else? Like, honestly, the scripture says that I want it. Right? I don't have the greatest IQ. I fumble with words all the time. But guess what? If I just watch what I say, I'll be deemed intelligent. Proverbs 22, 11, he who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as a friend. Guys, can I be honest? When you watch what you say, when you, when you watch how you say it, no matter the situations, you will start to get elevated to places you can't imagine. Guys, this is a personal story, so forgive me. But there are people in this building. There are, there are very influential people in this building. And when we showed up to this building, we were just... 
we still, it's been a year, it feels like eternity. But like we've just walked in wide-eyed, like ready to just do whatever we could and ready to take on the world, right? And I quickly realized that scripture. I could just start telling people, hey, I know what the answer is for your life. I know what you need. I know I got all the answers to your problems. I can tell you everything. Let me tell you how wrong you are. You're living with your girlfriend, your boy. Let me tell you. No. It's going to go into the next point. But God said, hey, listen, the way you speak will elevate you in the position of kings. There are kings in this building, in this city. And there are people today more than ever before. I wish I could share the conversations. I wish I could tell you. There are people that, hey, when I would say to them, hey, brother, at the end of a conversation, after listening and not saying a word, because sometimes we just need to sit there and listen and not say a word to people. And I would sit there, and at the end of it, I would say, hey, I'm praying for you. No, don't, don't pray for me, pastor. I'm good. All right. Fast forward six, seven, eight months later, texting me. Pastor. I need prayer. Hey, man, I, I know that you've listened to me for a long time. Yeah, I, I have, and I will continue to. But, hey, hey, can, can we talk about what you have? Why? Why? Because I didn't go in there guns ablazing trying to shoot them when they're down. The world doesn't need that. It's already got enough of that. What I can say is, hey, the words that I speak will either bring life or death. The words that I speak can change situations and circumstances. And it's, sometimes it's just better not to speak at all. And watch me get elevated in places and spaces that I could never imagine. God has a plan and a purpose for your lives. And what he wants to do with you is he wants to take you to those places and spaces that he has for your lives. But so what's keeping you from them is the words that we speak in our own lives. The fifth thing is this. The band's going to come up. This is crucial. I encourage you to read Proverbs. Study Proverbs. Study what the Word said. Our words are not meant for everyone. Our words are not meant for everyone. I said there's an art to speaking, right? There's times that you want to say something and I, I just go, mm, right? There's times that I want to say something and I feel the presence of God. I feel the Holy Spirit say, shut up. That's how he speaks to me. I don't know about you. <laughs> He doesn't speak that way to me. He just tells me, my son, my daughter, please be quiet. Well, that's how he speaks to me. <laughs> he says, Jay, don't. Well, God, you don't. Don't. God, but I. Don't. Don't. These words right now aren't for them. The words that you think aren't ready. For, they're not ready for them. So just love them. Just be there for them. Just wrap your arms around them. Cover them. Cover offenses, cover shame, cover guilt. Don't, no, Jay, it's not time. It's not time. We should choose wisely when and where to share then words. Oh, I have a revelation from the Lord. I'm ready to share it to the world. I know the calling that God placed on my life. I'm ready to share it to the world. Don't. Don't. Hold on. Go back to the prayer room. Get on your knees and let God seal it. See, we're shooting off stuff so fast. We're shooting things off all the time. We're just saying whatever we want to say, and the words that we're saying are carrying zero weight. Because we're not seeking the Father's heart on them. We have to choose wisely what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. Just because you feel it, just because your emotions are telling you, doesn't mean you should say it. God, help my emotions. Align my attitudes with you. Align my heart. With you. And oh, oh God, please align my words with you. 
power of words. Do you want fool's gold or do you want pure gold? You want to walk around being called wise and intelligent? Or do you want to be walking around being looked at as a fool that just speaks whatever they feel? That says whatever they want to say? That doesn't carry the weight of what the words mean to people? I want us to be a church. I'm going to pray for all, all of you. Because I really believe it in my heart that if we could be just a small group in here today, it doesn't matter. But imagine if 60, 70 of us in this room right now, if we watched what we said this week. Maybe somebody else will be sitting to you, next to you next week that is from your work, is a neighbor, is a family member. Because they're like, whoa, what happened to you? I know the buttons that I can push on you. And you didn't respond the way that you usually respond. No, because I asked the Holy Spirit to seal my lips. And to only speak life. And to only speak truth. And to only speak hope. And if it's not of him, I don't want to speak it. If it's not of the kingdom of God, I don't want to share it. So would you today just bow your heads and close your eyes. I know this is a hard word. I know this is a word that is not easy to receive. At times it's hard to, to speak truth. It's hard to speak in love. But thank God for the grace of God and for his Holy Spirit to help us. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to pray over you. And we're going to worship out of here today. So Father, today, we thank you for your word. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will just help us. Help us, oh God. Help us, Father, to watch what we say. To help us, Father, to watch how we say it, God. To help us, oh God, to say things and to not say things, oh God. God, help our attitudes. Help our emotions, God. Help our mouths to be aligned with heaven, oh God. God, I pray over each and every single person in this room. Holy Spirit, I pray that they would find pure gold in your word, God. God, and out of finding time with you, out of being alone with you, out of being in your presence, God, they will speak life, that their heart would be pure, oh God. Purify our hearts today in this place, God. God, wash us clean in this place, God. Make us more like you here in this place today, oh God. God, we want to know you deeper. We want to know you more, God. And out of knowing you, God, we're able to speak heaven. We're able to speak life, God. So help us in this place, God. God, help us to be wise. Help us to be, Father, people of wisdom and discernment, God, beyond our years, God. Help us to just see people the way you see them, God. To speak things over them the way that you would want to speak to them, God. Help us to hold our tongue, God. God, we love you, God. We praise you, God. We thank you, Jesus, that in you, God, there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of life, God. There is nothing that can stand against you, oh God. So today, God, we praise you. We seek after you. We believe in you. Come on, church, let's worship out of here. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning?